Martin, great to be with you today, afternoon now are we, so good afternoon and uh, good to be here with you, thank you Pastor Steve for the invitation and chance to not just meet with your pastor but also to see the exciting things that God is doing in this place, I've been having a look around, a bit envious, uh, you've got some great facilities here aren't they and uh, the really good things are happening. So greetings from New Zealand, first of all from my wife Marilyn and uh, this weekend back home uh, yesterday was Sunday, is Mother's Day, and uh, so they had a bit of a celebration in the church and so on yesterday, so that was great, and greetings from our church in Auckland, Elam Christian Centre, and uh, we send you our love and greetings, it's just be great to be able to bridge across from here as part of Elam Global uh, this past week, we were just trying to link arms around, we got a lot of different uh, churches and ministries around the world and been very loosely linked and we're just trying to strengthen that up a little bit uh, and just so that uh, not so that you know we can impose or anything like that but we can come alongside of each other and so how can we work together how can we help you and we're different expressions so it's really just been great to be able to catch up but we've got a whole lot of work done uh, last week because of that okay you tuned into my accent now wait a little while see if you're tuned in those from Sweden I'm sorry but uh, you probably even at the end of the service will not be tuned into my accent and uh, but that's life isn't it I'd like to talk about my favourite psalm this morning, Psalm 37, if you'd like to get your Bibles out and open up on that. You know, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. And Jesus said that according to our faith it will be done unto us. I love that. That's a great verse, isn't it? We get to choose. It's according to our faith uh, that God will do and work through our lives. So faith is very important and the enemy is out to rob us of our faith. He may attack your health but he's after your faith. He may attack your finances, but he's after your faith. He may attack your job, but let's face it, you probably don't even want your job. The enemy doesn't want your job. What he's after is he's after your faith. He doesn't need your car. He doesn't need your house. He doesn't need your children. What he needs is your faith. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have any hopes, if you don't have any dreams in your life, then you do not need faith. But if you're carrying some things inside of you, there's some things that your heart has said that you really believe in God for, then faith is the bridge to reach your dreams. It is so very, very important. In other words, in the spirit world, God is saying that I don't need money, I need faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. And so you can have faith just even as a grain of mustard seed and you can say to this mountain, be moved, and the mountain will move. There are some mountains in your life that will only be moved when you have faith in that situation. But if you lose your faith, you get discouraged, you begin to lose your hopes and you begin to lose your dreams, that is what the enemy is after in your life. I know for some, uh, you've been through some difficult stuff. You may be going through some very difficult circumstances even at this present time that has really shaken your faith. There are times when it is so chaotic. It just seems to be unfair. It just seems to be like we're asking, where is God? You know, God, how come this is happening? Where are you in it all? There are calamities and casualties and triumphs and tragedies and it happens to us all. And I do say it happens to us all. Don't think that what you are going through is just unique to you. 
Uh, it happens to us all. It appears, you know, sometimes we, uh, we look around and other people just seem to go through life and it's like they're just unscathed. Nothing seems to happen. It may appear, you know, that there's no justice, but the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It says that even those that live godly lives will suffer persecution. See, there are seasons in life that if truth were told, all of us have been to that place, all of us have had moments in our life where we just want to throw up our hands and just give up our faith and just walk away. Discouragement can creep in so secretly, can hide behind clothes, makeup, Right here, do. Discouragement is so bold that it can even hide behind a smile. It'll ride to work with us in the morning, and if it doesn't ride to work with us in the morning, it'll hitch a ride on the way back home again. And don't think it just stops there. Discouragement will walk right into your house, sit down at the dining table, have a cup of coffee with you. It will go into a mansion, will sit by the side of the pool, put its feet in the water, and say that life is just not worth living. I heard the story about this little boy that wanted to wash his cat. Now, you say cat differently, don't you? But pussy cat, okay? You got that? It's a cat. All right, he wanted to wash his cat. And so he went down to the store, and he, he said to the lady, I want to buy some washing powder. And the lady said, oh, this is really good. Are you helping your mum with the washing? You're a good boy. He said, no, I'm not helping with the washing. He said, I want to wash my cat. And uh, the lady said, well, washing powder is not good for washing your cat. Uh, But the boy wouldn't listen. And so he brought the washing powder and he went back home with it. A few days later, he came back into the shop. Lady said, how's your cat? He hung his head and he says, not good. My cat died. She said, was it the washing powder that killed your cat? He said, no, I don't think it was the washing powder. I think it was the spin cycle. (laughs) See, the spin cycle killed the cat, but the spin cycle can kill people also. It can kill us quickly like a heart attack or something like that, or it can kill us slowly where it just slowly sucks the life and sucks the energy out of us. When we get bombarded with problems, when stress seems to come in waves in our life, life can feel like we're in the spin cycle. Spin cycle can kill us. I want to share with you from my favorite psalm, Psalm 37. And uh, God provides some wisdom, a plan of action, a way that we can enjoy God, the way that we can have a peace that is beyond all understanding, even when we feel like we're going through a spin cycle uh, in our life. How do we overcome discouragement? First thing I want to say is if you're taking notes, focus afresh on the Lord. Focus afresh on the Lord. Look at Psalm 37 verse 1 and 2. David says this. He says, do not fret. Because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Don't you find life really discouraging as a Christian? It's not only the stuff that we are facing, but then we look at other people and they just seem to like sail through life with no problems at all. It's like a slap in the face. It's like it's just there, flaunted uh, in front of us there. Some people seem to succeed. They don't seem to work very hard. Don't really pray much at all. They've not been faithful. And yet they have these moments of victory that seem to be right there in front of us while we're just struggling. You know, we look around. They seem to sail through life. They've got plenty of money. Their children are perfect. Their health is great. They have perfect little world. And it just seems so unfair. Say, God, I'm struggling. 
you know, I'm having trouble with my health. I'm having trouble with my finances. I'm having trouble with my kids. I'm depressed. See, and if you're not careful, the side of their prosperity becomes your agony. You know, instead, seeing them go forward and you seem to be going uh, backwards in life, it becomes a source of continued frustration. It challenges your faith. You can say, God, where are you? Where is your justice in all of this? You know, have you noticed that things seem to go wrong when you're trying to please God? I can remember years ago and uh, when I wanted to go to Bible college and we had two children at that, that time, there was no married accommodation and so we had to live in a, uh, a caravan and we were living in that and, and like that was hard enough. Um, but when we went to go, my wife's mother, she got sick and then we were only down there a couple of months and then my father died. It's like, oh, you know, we've got enough on our plate. And then I felt uh, a few years later I wanted to go and live in another country, enjoy another cultural experience, be in another place. I felt God was speaking to me about it. We had put out feelers. God had given us a verse of confirmation. We just get there. We'd only been there like less than a month. And my wife's father died. And then I had my own business and, and uh, you know, I was employing a couple of people and, and my biggest customer went, went broke. They went bankrupt and cost me a lot of money. I'm thinking, God, I pay my tithes. How come? You know, why, why is this happening to me? You know, God says, don't make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. Don't make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. He says, don't make a moment of agony get you to decide about life prematurely. Because if you just keep on walking with God, God has a way of making everything right. That's what he said. He says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And then in verse 7, he says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. You know, the Bible is very selective in the words that it uses. When you think about it, when we're talking about God's dealings with mankind over history, the Bible is a very small book. It's, God is very selective in the words that he uses. And so when he repeats a phrase over and over and over again, God is probably saying something to us, saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. You've got a problem here. He's trying to say something to him. The word that he's saying over and over again is, do not fret. Do not fret. Don't judge too quickly. You may not be seeing the whole picture. Your view of life may not be correct. Do not fret. Just fo- don't focus on your problems. Just focus afresh on God. Second thing I want to say to you is that God has steps that we must take. God has steps that we must take. Look at that, verse 23 and 24. It says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, it's good to know God has 
got steps for us, but not only got steps, but he will help us so that we don't stumble on those steps. We're not just going through life aimlessly. There are steps that God has planned for us, and he's going to help us to get along through those steps. He declares to us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. See, this term steps, it implies progress. It it implies that it's going to take a little while. The indication is there that we can't just get there uh, just because we want it or just because we saw it, just because we like it, but that there is a process in our life. There are some steps in our life that we are going to have to take. I remember when I had, a few years ago, I had my hip operation. And um, the next day after the operation, the nurse came along and she took me to some steps. Not, Not little steps like that, like a whole floor of steps. And, and she said to me, I want you to walk up the steps. See, my, my vision was to be totally healed, but to reach my vision, I had to go through this painful process of walking up steps. The nurse told me that the hip operation was the surgeon's favorite operation because they got to use all their tools. And so what they did was that they get their big knife out and they cut you down here and then they pull the bone and, and get their saw and they saw the end of the bone and then they get the hammer out and they hammer down another piece down into the bone and then they, they get their, their drill and their screw gun and they, they screw another piece onto the there and bang it all together and stitch it up again. This is a favourite operation. You know, they use their tools, you know. And then she takes me to these steps and she says, I want you to walk up these steps. I said, don't you know? I've been cut. I've been hammered. I've been bruised. You, know, you want me to walk up these, these steps? You know, I thought she was being cruel to me. I thought she was one of any nurses in the house before I get into trouble. <laughs> I, they have that look, don't they? You know? I thought she was one of these sadistic nurses. You know, they have these big long needles and they say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I say, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> you know. But she stood alongside me to help me in case I stumbled. I used to be able to run up the steps two at a time. But now to reach my vision of being whole and being able to walk without pain, I had to go through this painful process of walking up steps. Don't you feel like that sometimes when God asks you to do something? God, that's hard. Don't you know I've been cut, I've been bruised, I've been hammered. Stuff's happened in my life. You know, what you're asking me to do is hard. You know, God calls us to take some steps and sometimes those steps are painful but they're steps that are taking us to achieve the goal that he's got for us. See, in fact, you know, we're, we're tormented by vision. It's painful to be a visionary because, you know, a visionary sees what shall be but has to deal with what is. You know, I'm torn between what, what, what shall be and, and, and living with what is and it creates agony in my soul and, and the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Find it painful. David must have felt like this before he became king. Remember, David, he's out looking after the sheep. He's happy out there. And then Samuel comes along and, and uh, you know, calls the brothers out and nah, none of those. And is there another one? Oh, there's one out in the field. Bring him in. 
He comes in from the field. He's anointed to be the king. And then his father says, back out again. I can imagine he was sitting out on the field. What was that all about? I used to be happy looking after sheep, killing the odd lion and bear and things like that. It was a bit of fun, you know. But now I have a vision for something else and I'm no longer satisfied doing what I used to do. I'd rather have never been told that I was going to be the king if I'm going to get sent back out into the field to have to care for sheep again. See, I want to hasten the process to my destiny. I'm not happy just where I'm at. I'm tormented by what can be. I want to hasten the process. I want to get to the expected end. But it can't be done because a, a blessing that is given too soon is not a blessing at all. I've got three boys and, and a daughter. Daughter's the youngest. She's spoiled brat. And the, <laughs> like you do, you always spoil your daughter. Eh? Boys, you're tough on them. Uh, but if I, had, I, I can give my car keys to the boys. You know, they're in their 40s now, really. And, and take, take the car up the road. And, and I wouldn't be worried about that. But when they were five, you know, same car, well, not the same car, but same same vehicle, same road, same shops, a blessing given too soon would not be a blessing at all. See, the car can handle it and the road can handle it. That's not the problem, but he can't handle it. Would I be a good father by giving it to him too soon? Sometimes my goodness as a father is proved by my saying, not yet. See, the younger brother and the prodigal son, remember the story of the, uh, the prodigal son, and it teaches us that, that you get a blessing too soon is not a blessing at all. See, what would have caused the son to praise the father if he had got at the appropriate time in life, if he had got the inheritance, he would have praised the father, but given too soon, it drove him to the edge and nearly cost him his life. See, I need to pray, God, teach me in the process. You know, there are steps I need to take. Teach me patience in the process. God has ordered steps. And thirdly, trust God with the outcome. Verse 24, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging begging bread. You know, maybe according to our limited understanding, we look and we think, well, the unbeliever is doing better than what we are. But our vision is on temporal things. God has a bigger picture and he will keep us through the journey. God will look after us. He will provide for us. Sure, I may not have what my neighbor has. But God says, I will supply all of your need according, not all of my wants, all of my needs. He will look after me. He will make sure that I have enough that I will get through. He has promised that. See, the thing I'm thankful for is that it is God is the one that has ordered the steps. Helps me to understand I'm not just going through life aimlessly. You know, I understand that there's a course that I have to take. You know, that I can't graduate until I've taken the course. Helps me to understand that God's not making it up as I go along. See, I thought God was making it up. When things go wrong and I'm going through a valley, I'm going through a difficult time, I'm praying, God, get me out of here. I'm saying, God, you know, come on, I'm desperate. I need help. I'm praying that God will get me out of something that he's put me in. God wants to take me through a process. There are steps. See, what, what, I'm, what the problem is there is, see, see, I want him to speed things up. I want him to hurry things up. I want him to make it happen. Why, you know, 
because I don't want to endure some of the things that he wants me to endure. What happens is that I'm working on the destination, but he's working on me. Sometimes he makes me wait. Sometimes he makes me slow down. Sometimes he's saying, you skip that step, go around the mountain again, go and have another go. See, why? Because all of these steps are important tools for God to outwork in my life so that when he brings me to the destination, I'm ready to handle what he's calling me to do. Don't you think maybe that a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all? See, he just takes us slowly through that. He says, I'm not preparing the blessing for you. I'm preparing you for the blessing. How many know God has already prepared the blessing? He says, I has not seen nor you heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. God has prepared. He's already prepared them for those that love him. God has already prepared the work. God's already prepared the place that he's bringing us into. God's not working on the destination. God is working on us, getting us ready so that when he brings us to it, we can handle it. See, even Jesus had steps. Remember when Jesus and he, he was becoming popular, the crowds were gathering around him and then they wanted to crown him. And the Bible says that he slipped away through the crowd. He said to them, no, you, you, you can't crown me before you cross me. He says, you can't do that. He says, he says, it is because it is the cross that makes my crown. See, it is my sickness that makes my healing. It is my poverty that illuminates my prosperity. It makes me appreciate where I am. You don't, you don't notice good health until you've been sick. You don't appreciate feeling good until you've felt, felt bad. See, I'm, I'm thankful to God for my hearing because I've got no hearing in my left ear and I've got very little in my right ear. And if I can, when I hear things and I can hear birds and I can hear stuff, I'm thankful for that because I could easily have no hearing. You know, I'm thankful when I wake up in the morning and my heart beats. You know, I've had open heart surgery and had stents and had everything, you know. I've had the works. And I'm like a second-hand Japanese car, you know. When things go wrong, I just get a new part and bolt it on, you know. That's a, I, I'm thankful, you know, that I've got a heartbeat, that it's working okay. You know, I'm, I, I'm thankful that now I can walk pain-free because I know what it's like to have walked with pain. I'm thankful for my good health because I know what it's like to be sitting and waiting for results to see whether it's cancer or not. See, you, you'll not thank God for your sight. You won't thank him for your hearing. You won't thank him for your heart. or You won't thank him for a loved one until you come really close to losing one of them. You just take them for granted. But when you've been through the fire, when you've been through some difficult stuff, you will thank God for all sorts of crazy things. I would guarantee that there's people in this room that are thankful to God for things that none of us would have ever any understanding of because we haven't been through what they've been through. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There used to be a, a great gospel singer called Andre Crouch. Younger ones will not have a clue who he is, but some of us older ones will remember they were... Andre Crouch and the disciples, they were awesome. And uh, he wrote a song called Through It All. Yeah. If I could sing it, I would sing it. But when God gave out musical talent, I must have been in the loo or something like that. I kind of missed out on that, you know. But the words go like this. 
I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys and I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve it. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. And it goes on and says, and that's the reason why through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. He says, my trials only come to make me strong. See, I, I don't have to wait until I reach the end of the journey to be thankful for God. to God. I can thank him in the steps. I can thank him on the journey. You know, I can stop and I can say, God, look, look, I, I know I'm not where I should be. You know, I know there's a bit of stuff you've still got to work out of me. I'm not where I should be, but God, I'm not where I were. You know, I'm on the journey. I'm on the steps. I'm, I'm making progress. That's what the Apostle Paul said is in his words. He could write, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind and reaching for, for that which is before me, I press on towards the prize of the high calling of God. I press on. When I'm going through a valley, I press on. When I'm going through the fire, I press on. When I'm going through a downtime in my life, I press on. You know, when I'm going through times of fear, I press on. I press on when I'm feeling lonely and, and rejected. I press on. You can you count the, the, the strength of a person by how they press on. I press on. Job says, said, he said, I know stuff's not working out for me right now. In fact, things are pretty bad at the moment. They're not working out at all. I'm in serious trouble. But he says, I know I'm on the right track. He was able to write and we, in Scripture it says, the Lord knows the way I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. In other words, I'm hanging on to my faith. My favourite verse in the whole of Psalm 37, I just close with this, is in verse 4. And uh, in spite of everything that's going on around us, in spite of what we're going through, the struggles we may be going through, the highs we may be experiencing, whatever it is in my life, in verse 4 the psalmist said, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give to you the desires of your heart. Now, I kind of think, even when I'm down, I delight myself in the Lord. When I'm up, I'm delighting myself in the Lord. If I keep delighting myself in the Lord, what I find happens in my life is that my thoughts become his thoughts. My plans become his plans. My desires become his desires. I delight myself in the Lord and he will give to me the desires of my heart, but really in reality they're his desires of what he's worked out in my life as I've taken steps, as I've taken this journey. Fret not. Confident that God has got his hand, he's got a plan for me, I'm pressing on. And the end result, we know the end, don't we? We know the final chapter. We can give thanks. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. You're a great God. Lord, you're a faithful God. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. We can put our trust in you, put our hopes and our confidence knowing that you will work it out. Everything will be okay. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.